Corona Chronicle Session 13 with Kyle and Maggie Gordon of Dilla's Quesadillas. Kyle was recently on the show, and uh, my listeners loved him so much. I just kind of instantly thought of him as somebody that could get back on the show to uh, talk about how he's handling this, and he's just got that positive energy. And uh, Plus, we got to get his wife, Maggie, to join us this time. Uh, she wasn't able to make it the first time around, so we got Maggie and Kyle, and they give some really great advice on how to adopt in-house delivery if that's the, cho- the way you, you choose to go. Some people are warning that with insurance and all that last second, um, it might not be the best way if you are hemorrhaging money. But if your business is doing somewhat well because it's been kind of designed from the the get-go to handle takeout and delivery or drive-through pickup, um, they're doing all right. So now because they they lost their dining room, they're looking to you know increase cash flow with delivery. So that's some great advice. Here it is. Maggie, Kyle, Gordon, how are you guys? We're doing great. Best we can. Feeling unstoppable. Yes. So uh, you might remember the name Kyle Gordon. He was on the show recently. And by the way, Kyle, I don't know if I told you this. But people loved your episode. Uh, you're probably one of the new fan favorites, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he had such a great uh, conversation with me. And he's such a positive dude. Uh, I, I just knew that you guys must be up to some cool stuff out there. And plus, we could just use that that positive that good, good again. So, uh, where are you guys at? Talk to me. How, how are you doing? Yeah, we're doing good. The, um, you know, we're going through the phases of grief. Uh, we certainly had some denial, uh, when this was all kind of rolling out slowly, like a, like a big wave, you know? And so it was a lot of phone calls and talking to other restaurateurs and, Hey, what are y'all doing? And is this thing for real? And, you know, what are y'all going to do? How far are your sales down? And it was just like a, one of those moments where you're like, okay, we need to start figuring this out and collecting ourselves and getting into the mind frame of 45 day survival. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing in the beginning, like you say, is like a little bit surreal of like, this is all happening, but we, i and thankful very quickly kind of we're like, okay, this is real. It's not going away. So we started making some moves really early that I think helped us kind of get ahead of the curve before mandates came down and things, you know, like they weren't a surprise to us because we were already prepared for it. So, yeah. so what were some of the things, I mean, I think it's kind of too late now to kind of try to replicate some of the things that you did or maybe not. I don't want to speak out of line. So what were some yeah. of the things that you guys started to do? So in terms of, we, we tried to stay a little bit ahead of the cities and the municipalities. So pretty quickly, we were about two days ahead of shutting our dine-in areas down. Um, luckily for us, we're built on drive-through, takeout, yeah. uh, all that stuff. So 80% of our business is already, you know, kind of in a bag and, and goes out uh, of the door and stuff like that. So we're prepared for that. And it wasn't much of a shift. We already had curbside. And so, you know, we were definitely ready from a business standpoint. Um, But, I mean, we went straight to the save money playbook and started cutting fat. And so, like, we did have to furlough um, some of our salary people um, around the home office. Uh, We had a kind of a field catering person that we had to – you know, separate ways with, you know, we had to 
really just get down to essentials to be able, you know, for the greater good of saving the restaurant operations and being able to maintain as many jobs as we possibly could. So that first week was a lot of like cutting the fat and also reaching out to the people that we owed the most money. Yeah. I think that was us being relatively green restaurateurs. Like, yes, we're, we've been in it six years, but we've never had a situation like this as a business. Owner. Nobody has. Going through this, being able to reach out to fellow, you know, restaurant owners and business owners um, around us here in Dallas, they really opened our eyes to like immediately think about renovatement, talk to the bank about loan deferment, like, all those things that like we may not have thought of right off the bat, but luckily we have those people around us that really like, you know, set that trajectory for us to have those conversations early before we were at a point where it's like, Oh, Hey, we can't pay now. Instead we've set it up where we're already prepared, have a plan in place and our vendors and our, you know, bank and all that. Everyone knows where we stand ahead of time instead of, coming to the table late and saying, sorry, we can't pay. Yeah. We were pretty serious like day one about our cash flow projections. You know, you can't go back in time. They say, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. So if you guys haven't done this, it's not too late to stop the bleeding. It's kind of one thing I just wanted to mention. Um, You said uh, pay back um, who you owe the most money first. Why that approach? Well, you know, we just wanted to make sure that from a cash flow projection, standpoint, typically most people in, in the restaurant industry, you, you can't, you can't uh, not have food if you're going to stay open, right? And so like your food cost is going to be kind of there. But typically most people have rent, you know, as a, as a major cost. And so we very quickly um, started negotiating terms with our landlords and got very serious with them about, hey, listen, you know, if we have to close, this is our plan. This is how much our sales have decreased at this location. Um, you know, this isn't a, a handout type of situation. We're asking, you know, can we put, can we add months to the back end of our lease? Like, what should we be doing? Um, and so once we kind of had a little bit of an open discussion with our landlords, we went to our bank and we said, hey, you know, we understand, you know, we're in this together. You guys are a community bank. Um, we just want to be very clear and open with you. And so, you know, is there any way that we can go to interest only loans um, for the next three months? Is there any way that we can defer some of these payments? Like, let's talk about, you know, how this needs to operate. And I will say that everybody has been freaking fantastic just in terms of like being human, opening up the lines of communication, um, not no blame, no shame. Um, just like, I mean, we called one landlord and he was like, yeah, man, like next month, next month is free. Like we, I totally understand like no red tape, no send me your sales for the last eight years. Like none of that. He was just like, man, like we're in this together. I get it. National state of emergency. Like yeah. y'all go grind and sell quesadillas. And I think that's one thing that like I, most people will understand. Like there's no convincing that, oh, did you know, you might not have heard you know, there's a pandemic, like everyone knows, you know, like, so I think that's the one thing. Don't be afraid to ask because, you know, people are understanding more than ever right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even something like 
like Kyle's saying, the, the biggest fish were the ones we went after first because, you know, then giving us a month of free rent, that frees up so much cash. Keeps you liquid. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we were just going to say, oh, well, we're not going to pay this bill and that bill and this bill and that bill, all those little ones, well, then you're, we didn't want to dig ourselves into a hole like that, you know, and come back with being behind on all these creditors of little stuff that really we may need operationally, you know, aren't going to make an impact at the end of the day of us being able to pay payroll. We needed mm. those those big buckets of cash to help us hit the important things like paying our employees. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, sorry, go ahead, court, uh, yeah. Kyle. We want to keep the team members and like we want to keep our salaried GM. You know, like they're a priority for us. And so everything else kind of becomes not secondary, but you you align everything else towards that goal of like people. Right. So yes. where can I cut to save people? Right. So, so like that's kind of our strategy going into it. It might be a little sensitive getting into this, but how how do you go about the process of I mean, you said your 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 GM's are your number one priority as far as people to retain, but how are you deciding who stays and who goes. And I, like I said, that might be a little sensitive, so I apologize if it is, but just to kind of help yeah. my listeners through that decision-making process. Yeah. And I think that that decision for us is different. It's different for every restaurant group because our restaurant group is 115, um, you know, team members, employees, managers, etc. But we could, we're down to, let's say 40 right now. And those other 60 are high school kids who, you know, maybe their parents are nervous. They don't want them going to work anyways. Right. Yeah, that makes um, sense. You know, like they just keep them at home. And so we really, we early on, we just open up the lines of communication, our GMs and I'm extremely proud of them. I mean, they've been acting like, like true owners. Right. And so we've really empowered them to make those scheduling decisions. We said, Hey, listen, Here's the goal. We need to keep all the people who need a paycheck, right? Like we need to be in close communication with the people who depend on us for rent, car payments, et cetera. They need to go to the top of the list in terms of getting their hours. Um, the managers are playing a much more um, important role overall, like our service managers and general managers and the actual labor, um, you know, equation. Um, you know, typically they may be 5%, but now they're playing a 10% role um, in that um, kind of labor equation and taking on team shifts just to stay on. Um, but a lot of them, you know, a lot of the people who, you know, may or may not get hours for the next few weeks don't don't really need the hours. And so gotcha. those are kind of how we made those decisions. So you're prioritizing for you, you're prioritizing who stays based off of who needs you the most. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. Got you. And in uh, some restaurants, like everybody does, you know, you might have yeah. people and they all need you, you know, but for us out of, if we've got 30 team members at a restaurant, eight of them need us. And, and we're able to maintain a level of sales where we need those eight. And then the other 22 can come back on and stagger back in. Um, but they're going to be okay without us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how has your operations changed? So I'm assuming, uh, Plano, Texas, uh, and the other places you guys have your locations, uh, the dining rooms are closed down, but you still, you're, you're geared towards, uh, pick up a window service. Um, yep. so 
what has changed? Have you had the changing? Have, have you run any promotions? What are you doing to get creative during these uh, strange times? Drive through is popping, right? So like, you know, we're, we're still doing okay. We're drive through is related. Um, curbside has picked up a tremendous amount. Um, online ordering has picked up a tremendous amount in terms of like Uber Eats, et cetera. Um, so like all of those things have, have really skyrocketed. Um, so overall, you know, like it's, it's impacted us in a big way, but like it kind of allows us to really focus in those certain um, kind of revenue drivers um, since we don't have any dine-in to kind of worry about. Um, so operationally, everything is going pretty good. It's just put a higher focus on some of the, you know, other areas. Yeah. And I mean, the we've been utilizing for a long time the third-party delivery services, but um, fortunately for us, the online ordering partner that we are with already has, you know, um, delivery built into their system. So we managed to get them to activate that for us. And we're rolling out our own in-house delivery today. We kind of dropped it on our managers because we made it happen real fast. But we feel like that's going to be just another avenue for customers to be able to get their food delivered to them. Hopefully, you know, it's going to be a better experience because it's direct from us rather than yep. through it's, the it's third that, party. That Dilla's stank on it charm. So hot, fresh hot from the kitchen. So, <laughs> you know, that is going to help a lot. And we are, um, there's a ton of families in the communities that we do business in. So we are going to do um, like a, like a meal deal type thing that we're going to launch today along with our delivery. It's just going to be like a grab and go that you can either feed the family or if you live in a house with a bunch of roommates, just it'll feed everyone. Everyone will be happy. Chips, queso, megadillas, and just kind of something they can not have to think about, worry about, just pick it, grab it, go. But in terms of like promotion, like, Man, like we haven't jumped into that like discount game because like we've got people suffering, you know, like we've got people who don't have a job. So it's like, it, it, I don't, I don't want to sound like crass or, or mean or anything, but like the people that if we were going to discount, it would be people in the service industry. It would be people in the medical industry who are on the front lines. Yeah. But like for somebody just kind of sitting around their house on a, on a two week spring break, we're not offering 25% off if you order from us. Like we need that money to stay alive. I'm going to backpedal a little bit. Um, I, well, maybe we can dissect not uh, discount. I, and I agree 100%. Um, you know, uh, let's hold off on that. But real quick, um, Maggie, you mentioned that you, the, the service provider you, you use already has uh, delivery. What are you guys using for delivery? I'm just, I want like to get specific sometimes. Sure. Yeah. We're using the ordering app, the ordering.app. Um, and we've been with them since we opened our business, we've been with them six years. They started as a small company in Austin um, and they were just a provider that would take a one location restaurant, super easy to get going. I mean, it's so simple and it's no cost to us, honestly, because there's a 45 cent per transaction fee that you can either take yourself or charge to your customers. But we don't get any feedback from customers on paying a 45 cent fee because it's, you know, less than 50 cents. For them to get convenience. And so it costs us nothing. They're great partners. They've been bought by Google now. And so they have even better technology than they did when we started with them. But they're still really good partners. And I mean, I know they're slammed right now because of everything going on. But they were still able to help us get this launched in less than a week to turn on delivery. 
And, uh, and that, but they, that's the ordering you know, app. I heard you correctly. Yes, the ordering app. And you and, said you um, turned you turned on delivery. So does it are there just uh, tools built in integrated uh, third party platforms that just sync up? Is that the so the way that works, or is it? This doesn't sync to any of the third party stuff. Um, this is just only for our in house delivery. So our third party stuff will still be done separately. But when they go to our link, our online ordering link, they'll have the option to choose pickup, curbside, or delivery. Okay. So we only had curbside and online order like pickup for our own kind of private, you know, um, online ordering. So basically we just turned on the third module, which is like the, that delivery part where you can request delivery just like you could request curbside. Okay. And, um, the reason why I want to dive into the details of this, because I think a lot of people are leaning on third party uh, options right now, but there are some really affordable, low barrier uh, as far as like difficulty to implement tools out there that can get you um you know delivering from in-house which you know there's some people that that say they will you know what about your insurance your insurance might increase and do you have the money for that but if you are in the position where you it sounds like business is still kind of humming along for you guys you're you're generating revenue um because you have your your window right like it seems like delivery and uh drive-through has picked up from what i've understood is that safe to say Yep. But it's important if you're going to lose that dining room uh, cash flow that you want to keep as much of the piece of the pie as possible when it comes to, to delivery. And with the third party options, you're kind of taking a hit. Although, from what I understand, a lot of those options right now are kind of postponing the charge. Well, they are. Only one has offered to defer your fees, which we're not going to opt into because we don't want to be hit with double, triple, quadruple fees down the road. Yeah. Um, we'd almost rather it's, it's not a, enough of our business to have it really impact us. We're talking fees of a few hundred dollars every other week or whatever, you know? So like, I'm not wanting to dig a hole for ourselves with them. So we didn't opt into that, but the, some of the services are offering free delivery to customers. Um, if they choose a local business, which you know, may or may not have helped us get some more orders because on the customer side, they're not paying a fee. It doesn't change our fee on our side, but, um, you know. But yeah, you're right. Like if you can in-house it and like we're learning really quickly at like light speed, how to like get the, you know, get delivery drivers, how much their comp needs to be, um, how to deal with tips because we're not used to that at our location. Like, so we've yeah, been you able to learn that at Raising Cane's DigiKyle. No, I didn't. Uh, so like I needed to get a lot of information really quickly. And so like I leveraged my, you know, my resources in Dallas, you know, uh, Greenville Avenue Pizza Company is a, is a local Dallas brand. And like Sammy over there, like basically did a crash course and like was like, all right, dude, roll your sleeves up. Here's how you do delivery. And I was like, all right. I got to make an example of that too. I think during these times, it's more important than ever that we come together and support each other and, you know, just share knowledge. And like, that's exactly what I'm trying to do here is just to, to, you know, in these weird times where nobody exactly knows what to do because we've never had experienced this before. Like what are the best practices? And uh, we need to help each other out. Yeah. And Terry Fong also like, you know him, like, Oh yeah. He's had to make a lot of adjustments to his business and like, we're on like a weekly or not a weekly, but like a bi-daily kind of call where it's like, what are you doing? What's new? Like, how are you, know, how are you communicating stuff to your customers? Like, how's your, you know, new delivery service going? So you're right, man. Like we've been 
leveraging and supporting each other behind the scenes as a as a restaurant family and industry a lot. Yeah. Um, so the other thing you, you mentioned that I kind of want to unpackage a little bit why it's important to not discount. I mean, a lot of people I've talked to are saying we're not really looking to profit right now. They're getting creative. A lot of the more full service, fine dining uh, operations are getting creative with doing like uh, canned goods or they're they're making products with what they had left in the walk in uh, just to stretch it out. And they're like, you know, doing some kind of like grocery package or like, you know, they're putting together like uh, grocery kits for their, their guests. Um and they're just they're 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 charging for that, but they're just looking to break even just so they can kind of slow the bleeding. Um, right. You're saying no discount. Um, talk to me about that. Yeah, I think that like the main thing is is like we're already reeling. We've already got you know reduced revenue. So like any revenue that we do get, it's already like we're already not gouging people. You know what I mean? Like our our goal in this industry is to make between 10 to 20%, you know what I mean? And that's if we're doing really good and if we're really lucky with no discount. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like during this time, like we need to get all that we can to be able to get back to a normal situation where we can continue to pay our rent, continue yeah. to pay back our vendors, continue to pay our team members. Like it's not a, it's just because we're not uh, discounting, doesn't mean that we're still not breaking even. That's the thing is if we discounted, it may cost us money. And typically the things that we do in the restaurant industry aren't money making discounts. They typically cost us money, but it's on the um, foresight and the kind of future sales that you're banking on. But in this unknown kind of area, you don't want to over discount because you, you can't guarantee the kind of net, sales line uh, gross or, or, or bump um, that you would typically project with how we market in the industry. Gotcha. And I also think that in our space and, you know, fast casual or higher end quick serve, if you want to call it that, we, our margins are a little bit different than some of those fine dining places. Their typical margins are probably a lot higher on their food. So they can discount the food and not have it affect in the same way it affects us. Um, but I think part of our strategy is also just to add more value if you're choosing us, right? Like if you're going to choose a local business, we want to add more value and thank you for choosing it. That's why we want to try and do this delivery on our own. We talked about even doing something as like fun as like just a list of card games you can play with friends and family that we throw in the to-go bag, like something fun, lighthearted, add value to it. And thank you for choosing us as a local business. Right. Like our personal family has never been closer, like at our house. Like, you know, we're like, we're like forced forced quarantine with our kids every day. (laughs) You know, like we're doing craft projects when we can, like stepping out of the home office and like managing the business at the same time. The kids went on a delivery with us yesterday. So like we get it, you know, like this is a great time to bond um, with, with your family um, but it's also a tremendous uh, struggle for a lot of, you know, small business uh, and, and a lot of restaurants. And so, it, I mean, it comes down to this. If you can support and if you can pay full, support and pay full. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, like, do your part during this time if your industry isn't impacted or, or isn't going to take a hit in the next kind of, you know, two to three months. You know, like, put that cash out there if you can. 
um, yeah. because it's to support those places that you want to be around in two or three months. Yeah. And I honestly, I, I hope that 45 days does the trick, but it sounds from what I've been reading that, that, that is even that is optimistic. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Um, sure. Anything else that we haven't discussed, anything you're doing, any uh, words, uh, final thoughts that you want to share with us before we say goodbye? Yeah. I think that like, you know, the, the doom and gloom of it is, is that like probably, you know, we'll lose 20 or 30% of, of restaurants. Um, I think that some will come back, some won't. Um, I think that the silver lining for a, a lot of these growth concepts could be um, that the it, it could shift the rent situation. It might be a good time to kind of renegotiate if you're in a high rent situation. It might be there might be a window maybe of some um, you know a window to talk to your landlord it may turn into a little bit more of a renter's market. For the next year or so, um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity if you can weather the storm. So do what you need to, to cut it down to the bone, get really tight, um, go into survival mode, um, be creative, try to stay open, try to weather the storm and prepare to come out of it stronger. Because I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen is that the, the survivors are going to be stronger and it's going to strengthen our industry overall. For the first time in a long time, there might not be a shortage of employees. Correct. Right. <laughs> that, could right. be, that could be another silver lining, you know, like yeah. when we emerge from this. Um, right. But um, yeah, I, you're right. I think that there's going to be some talent to be found. Um, I think that there's going to be, you know, the ones who make it. To be found. And yeah. It's, it's going to well, create I mean, a lot of opportunity, but the, it's also going to leave some people in the dust. The fat trickle or the fat cutting is just going to trickle up. You know what I mean to the the entire industry. And I hate to say that, but like the strong will survive, and it's going to make the strong stronger. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Uh, And thank you so much, Kyle and Maggie, for uh, getting on a call last minute and uh, for sharing your your story and how you're handling this. Uh, You had really great advice, and I continue to admire the both of you. Awesome, thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you later. My pleasure. Stay well. Bye. Bye. So there you go. I told you, Kyle and Maggie are just some great people, some great outlook. Some of the key takeaways from this is, you know, take care of the people that need that need you the most. Uh, we employ a lot of young people that might have family that they can lean on. So if anybody's solely dependent on your business to to pay their bills to survive, then you know, try to do your best to take care of those people. Uh, and fortunately for Maggie and Kyle, they are their business was kind of uh, built to weather a situation like this. They do a lot of delivery, a lot of uh, drive through, a lot of uh, not a lot of delivery, a lot of pickup, a lot of drive through, and now they're adopting delivery to make up for what they're losing in their in house dining. Uh, and I kind of lean towards that direction. If you're going to do delivery. Um, try to keep it in house because you can, you know, for, you know, the unit of work that you're doing, you can keep most of that profit. Uh, but if you are a small independent, like one or two, uh, location, uh, operator and you're not quite, you, you know, your infrastructure isn't quite there and you have to do a lot of this from scratch, building out your website to be able to handle uh, delivery. If you if you weren't proactive before this, if you didn't adopt technology before all of this, it might be a lot to bite off. It might be the initial expense might be kind of high. Um, the the insurance might not be something you can handle. Uh, Maggie and 
Kyle are, are operating at a few units now. I want to say, I can't remember exactly. I want to say right around five. So they, you know, they were, were able to absorb this a little bit better than maybe your smaller operator. So I don't know. There's variables to consider, but, uh, I like what they're doing. Uh, I'm going to look more into the, uh, delivery app, or I think that's what it was called. The, I'm just going to scroll and confirm the, uh, sorry, the ordering dot app. Um, I'll link to that. Um, in the notes, if you guys head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash RCP restaurant coronavirus podcast, uh, this is the, these are the Corona Chronicles. Um, you can link to, you'll find all the links, any tools or services and a summary to all the discussions I'm having. I've been kind of bad about reminding you to head over there to check out those resources. And uh, please help me out by spreading the word about this sucker, guys. I am going hard trying to find people to share their knowledge and to make an example of during these weird times. Uh, and I can use all the help I can get getting the word out there and letting people know this this resource exists. And make sure you tag me, Eric at Restaurant Unstoppable, and hashtag Corona Chronicles uh, to help spread the word. Thank you all, and I'll talk to you in a few hours. Peace.